Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, my name's Scott Jennison. I'm the Acquisitions Manager here at uh, Streamline Property Buyers. And it's Melinda Jennison here alongside Scott. Welcome back to another episode. Um, we've got some really um, important information to share with you today. But first, I do want to say, Scott, we haven't had a weather update for some time on the podcast. Um, I think you're forgetting to, to update some of our listeners, especially those that are in southern states or even those that are overseas. They really want to know what the weather's doing here in Brisbane and you keep forgetting to tell them. It has been a little while. My apologies for those <laughs> listeners that have actually said they do love the weather updates. Um, I, I guess it's a little probably a bit of a teaser at this time of year. Beautiful weather at this time of year in Brisbane around the, in the May sort of June area where we get uh, what we call cold mornings. Um, I think the southerners will probably argue that one. Uh, we get cold mornings of, of that sort of low um, double Teams. figures. Um, if we sneak below double figures, it's freezing for us. Uh, and then our days are beautiful blue skies. Um, you're sitting in around that sort of 20 odd degrees roughly, but um, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful weather this time of year. We're a bit, we're a bit spoiled up here. Um, I do go swimming um, with that, my boys um, in the mornings. We're in the water about 5.30. People think that we're mad, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful time of the year in Brisbane. Um, and if you're in the southern area, um, winter up here is a great time to come and visit, I must say. And if that hasn't convinced you um, that Brisbane really is a lifestyle destination, perhaps today's podcast will also help you to understand what it is like living here in Brisbane, because what we're going to unpack today is just how much the city has changed when we look back over the last 20 or 30 years. But more than that, um, how the city will continue to change in the next 10 years as we prepare for the hosting of the 2032 Olympic Games. And today we're going to unpack Brisbane's inner city strategy. We've talked previously on this podcast about the infrastructure that is coming to Brisbane. Some of it is already underway. Um, other infrastructure is yet to commence construction. But the way this infrastructure will change um, the way we live and that the lifestyle precincts that we have um, is really what we're going to cover in the podcast today. Because Brisbane, as we know it today, is extremely different to Brisbane as it was 20 years ago. Um, Brisbane, as we see it will be 10 years from now, will also be a very different city to, to Brisbane today. And we're really going to unpack the development of our city and how we've come from a small country town to um, a big internationally recognised destination. Um, we really are a city on the global map already. Yeah, I think I think before we get into, I mean, what we're going to go through now is, is Brisbane's inner city strategy um, moving forward. If you look back, and Melinda, you're born and bred um, Brisbane, um, but if you look back of, of, as we talk about how Brisbane was this sleepy little, well, it was a country town in a way, even though it was a city, um, and it just felt so sleepy and so far behind the likes of Sydney and, and Melbourne and those other areas, when it really, and we've had, we've done podcasts this, um, in the past, quite a while ago now, and where we talked about how Brisbane's changed over time and redeveloping and, and, and obviously leading up to the Olympics. But back in um, 1988, I mean, we had, the, we had the Commonwealth Games here, and then in 88, we had World Expo, which was probably one of the biggest events that Brisbane had um, in the past time. It changed a lot and where it was held on the south side of um, the city, across the city, across the river from the from the city itself. Once it was then um, demobilised and, and taken away, 
they redeveloped that whole area into um, South Bank, as we know it today. And, and that area of development, how it's changed, um, it's got a beach in there, it's got the rainforest. Um, there's so many shops, cafes, lifestyle. A lot of people go down into South Bank. Families flock there on the weekends. It, it's The beach is packed. Um, so it's a real lifestyle sort of setup. And that, I guess, legacy from, say, something like World Expo 88, what that changed Brisbane back then to what it's becoming now and what we're going to dive into is some of the things that has has changed now and what are what, what's changing in Brisbane but also what the plan is to make it look like in the future yes um, Expo 88 was an excellent example I remember being um, a young teenager at that time and um, we had a three-day pass and we made the most of every day that we attended that but it wasn't the expo itself it was the legacy that it left um, and the redevelopment of that South Bank Parklands that um, has resulted in um, a location or a destination for people to want to go I I remember when I was young, uh, the city wasn't a place that we used to go to for lifestyle purposes. The city was a place that we visited if we wanted to go um, into the larger shopping precincts because at that time we really didn't have large shopping centres like Westfields in any suburban locations. So people would jump on the train and we'd go into the inner city um, to do our Christmas shopping or, or shopping for special events. Um, that's all changed, obviously, over the last three decades or three plus decades, um, whereby we've now had such growth in the city and suburban sprawl that we've um, seen the redevelopment or the development of large shopping precincts in suburban areas. So the city is no longer a destination just for shopping. And as part of the um, renewal of Brisbane City as a location over the past 20 years, we've seen more and more lifestyle destinations pop up throughout the city. And if we look now at some of the locations that already exist in the inner city precinct um, and, and what they used to be, it really has changed. Take, for example, South Bank being the first um, thing prior to Expo that was really just open um, land and, and not used for any particular purpose. Look also at a very popular destination that we have um, that's a more recent development and that's Howard Smith Wharves. So Howard Smith Wharfs is on the north side of the river looking back across the Story Bridge uh, towards Eagle Street and the CBD. Um, up until only sort of five years ago that used to be um, sheds that uh, were were sort of industrial looking sheds, certainly wasn't an area that um, you'd spend any time at, but that's been redeveloped into um, a Fallon's Brewery. We've got um, a number of restaurant and uh, eating options along there. There's also um, conference and um, large facilities that you can hire for, for events. Now, this is an area that's become a destination in itself. And it's just another example of just how much Brisbane has changed to create these lifestyle precincts where you know it's really hard you're hard pressed to get a table um, at some of these locations on a weekend if you're going down for a beer or a, or a burger so um, this is how Brisbane is changing um, but it's also an indication of what's yet to come because these are just some examples of what's already um, transformed here in our city and, that, and that's some good um, travel tips for anyone down south heading up to Brisbane to, to visit go down to Howard Smith Wharf and have a look it is fantastic down underneath the Story Bridge you've also then got the development that underway now we've talked about this a little bit as well is Queen's Wharf mm -hmm. um, well and truly underway up and going it looks fantastic at the moment 
even that we've been for a bit of a, an e-bike ride um, ourselves over the last we go down that way have a look down through and just see how it's starting to develop starting to look amazing the bridge which actually links across the south bank um, and a lot of those bridges which will which will touch on as well how that it's going to make brisbane more sustainable more lifestyles um, and it just suits the lifestyle that people have here in brisbane that subtropical type of lifestyle that we have here uh, even across the other side again kangaroo point um, cliffs from the city head across that way very very popular um, there's restaurants up the top walking down along the side people climb up and down the cliffs um, and then you go right down through and down into west end which is um, also developing as well Absolutely. And, you know, back in my university years, more than 20 years ago, we used to go to West End to to visit the, the shops for secondhand clothing, um, which is, you know, something that, that was very common back in the day, whereas West End has really revitalised and it's a destination in itself as well. Being a Riverside precinct, you've got lots of restaurant options, um, cafes, uh, it's a real lifestyle um, hub as well. So these are just some of the transformations that we've already seen, but um, we're going to now tackle uh, you know, what is yet to come. And these are some things that some people may not yet be aware of. And it is off the back of um, Brisbane's inner city strategy, as we've pointed out, which is the Brisbane City Council's plan for a future, um, or the future growth of our city, that, but growth that is in is conducted in a sustainable way. Now, we've talked a lot about the, the huge population surge that we've had into Queensland, especially off the back of COVID. Um, and we've got to remember that a large portion of that interstate migration has ended up settling in southeast Queensland. So Brisbane, as the capital city of the state, has certainly um, experienced or, or seen a, a high volume of those migrants settle here. And that's why we have this, this rental crisis where there's, there's just simply too much demand from people that need to rent and not enough properties available to rent. Um, but, you know, perhaps this inner city strategy, you know, provides a longer term solution to some of that as well. And, and, it, and it does, it, it's a smart way to look at it at a city, especially when um, we talked to some, I was talking to some people actually on the weekend um, from Perth and, and other areas. And we we're talking a little bit about Brisbane and how um, the plans are for the Olympics and the, making it more of a walkable city. I mean, we, we just recently had um, with the rugby league, they had that magic round. And you see so many people walking around. I was over at South Bank and I saw so many people walking across the Suncorp Stadium. And I was talking to the um, the chaps I was, I was with and I was talking about the walking, how we could, we'll be able to walk from the likes of the Gabba across to Brisbane Live, across the Suncorp Stadium. You, you, you walk all through the city and it makes it more a, of a livable um, type of city. So the way that the council's planning this um, is to make it more of that that livable lifestyle type of city. Um, and obviously a lot of this will be around the Olympics of 2032. Yeah, absolutely. And now Brisbane's inner city is also the epicenter of um, the global city that we are becoming. I know a lot of the time we talk about Brisbane um, and a lot of the data that we talk about relates to greater Brisbane. So that geographical area is a huge um, expanse of land. So today we are talking about that inner city precinct, that inner, you know, four or five kilometre ring and how that's likely to change over the coming years. And that change and the evolution of the city is built around some, um, some pillars of you know, providing growth in a sustainable way. Um, and in fact, we've got some numbers here on the projected population um, for Brisbane's inner city precinct. And by 2041, um, it's projected that the inner city precinct will be home to more than 470,000 residents. And so a lot of additional dwellings are required 
between now and 2041 to house this this huge population um, growth prediction. Um, but it's also built around um, knowledge and lifestyle precincts. So we're going to talk about some of those knowledge precincts within this inner five kilometre ring in Brisbane, which includes universities, TAFEs, other educational precincts, um, uh, as well as a lot of lifestyle hubs that are already there in place, but also others that are yet to be um, to be built and to be constructed. Um, we talk about connectivity as well. Yeah, and, and keep in mind when you when you touch on that, uh, as you said, then by twenty forty one, four hundred and seventy thousand residents. Keep in mind that the Brisbane City is our employment hub. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is where a lot of the businesses are. And also, I mean, the number of inner city workers, it's expected to double in the next two decades. And, and that'll reach more than 570,000 people by 2041. And I think the thing with Brisbane is that the types of jobs that uh, Brisbane as a city is offering, it has been changing as well. We have been the sort of mining capital of Australia with a lot of, um, as well as Perth, uh, but a lot of the jobs that have been offered have been based on the, the previous mining booms that we've had. But now we're seeing a growing portion of jobs that are being offered in professional services and the scientific areas, um, as well as in health and in education and technology. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of those international uh, migrants come through to get um, a quality education and Brisbane is a destination of choice for those students. So a lot of the um, the planned growth for Brisbane does also fall around those educational precincts and also some student accommodation areas that will provide the housing for these sorts of um, people that will be looking for, for student accommodation. It's quite a good combination when when you when you put all that when we talk about the amount of people and then also the amount of workers that are going to be in there is that lifestyle um and we do talk about you know as i mentioned at the start how fantastic the weather is up here in brisbane most of the year um just to make people jealous um but also that relaxed and, and as i said the subtropical lifestyle that relaxed lifestyle the walking through the city um there's so many sort of characteristic things about that and, and the restaurants, um, you've got the live entertainment, you've got the things along South Bank, cultural experiences right down through the river. Um, and it, so it's just a, a really, I mean, to live around a city is quite a fantastic way. And the way that the Brisbane River weaves in around through the city, um, it is such a lifestyle for people to have. And I think some of the proposals relate to um, being a carless um, capital city. So having the ability to live and work um in the area without needing transportation and at the moment brisbane's not that city but with the um current construction of the cross river rail as well as the brisbane metro uh, we've got the ferry system um, which runs through a service of city cats that uh, transports people um, along the river network by water um, and we've also got um you know other other sort of surface road buses and things like that um, that do transport people, but changing the way that the trans the transport infrastructure will move people around will enable um, a more car free inner city area um, to to be created in the future. And and whilst right now that doesn't seem possible, um, that is the city that we will become. Um, and a lot of this plan actually um, is built around um, more reliance on public transport and more reliance on um, moving people in a more sustainable way. So, you know, that could be by foot, um, a lot of cross river bridges um, for pedestrians only are, are being built here in Brisbane. Um, but also we've seen a huge 
um, increase in the number of sort of um, e-scooter riders um, and things like that. Um, and they are building in pathways that um, enable safe um, use of those sorts of um, transport modes as well to to be, become a, a greener um, and more sustainable, you know, city. I, th I think the e-scooters especially are, are very, very popular here in Brisbane compared to other areas. I mean, everywhere you go, there's e-scooters there's e and it's so easy to get around with all the bike paths and, and the access through everything. Um, those e-scooters and, and that access around the place, really, as you say, it'll, uh, it'll eliminate a lot of cars, which is a good thing as well, having those cars off the road in the city. So let's get to some of these suburbs that are going to specifically benefit from this future infrastructure here in Brisbane's inner city precinct. Now, um, to the north, Albion um, is one of the suburbs that going, is going to see um, significant urban renewal. And we, we can't forget that um, we've also got some infrastructure being built specifically for the Olympic Games that is going to be coming to that location, which we will talk about in this podcast. We've got Newstead. Um, we've already seen a transformation of Newstead off the back of the 2014 city plan changes, um, where a lot of industrial land was rezoned to higher density development. So we've seen a lot of unit development in that region. Um, there's still more transformation to come in that location. We've got Fortitude Valley. Um, there's a lot um, that has already happened in Fortitude Valley, but a lot of change that um, is, is yet, or a lot of redevelopment that's yet to take place. Hurston, um, this is an area where we're going to see massive transformation, especially of the Victoria Park precinct um, into public parkland, and that's going to become one of the uh, areas um, that will host part of the Olympics Games venues as well. And then uh, just near, just in from Hurston, you've got Spring Hill. Um, very close to the CBD, and then obviously there is the CBD, the city, the city area, um, just across the water. When you head towards, as I mentioned earlier, Kangaroo Point Peninsula, um, through the Kangaroo Points there, just near the Gabba, not far from there, walking distance, and and that leads me to Woolloongabba, um, which is a lot of development happening over there. The Gabba Stadium, uh, linked up as you mentioned earlier by the Cross River Rail. Yes, and um, then we've got the Boggo Road precinct. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the infrastructure that is underway there. That links um, very closely with the um, St. Lucia um, University of Queensland area. Um, across the other side of the river, then we've got Tawong and Milton um, that link with um, West End. And West End, um, Aboriginal name being Kurilpa. Um, this is also a region that has already experienced some change, but there's a lot of uh, a lot more change that's yet to come, which we'll cover now. Linked up through there through the Kurilpa Bridge, um, one of those footbridges, which is one of the um, the plans that the council has for that, making it more of a walkable city with these new footbridges that are linking cross and backwards and forwards. You'll be able to zigzag basically across the river. Uh, if you want to go for a nice long run, um, you'll be able to zigzag in and out across the river as much as you like, really. So the key infrastructure around these um, urban renewal projects um, include the Brisbane Indoor Sports Centre. This is the big new redevelopment that's happening in Albion. We've got redevelopment of the Ballymore Stadium. Ballymore Stadium is currently in Hurston. Um, the Brisbane Showgrounds currently host to our annual ECA um, celebration here in Brisbane, but again, a destination for the Olympics Games. Um, we've got Victoria Park, so this is the area where we're going to see the redevelopment of um, the previous golf course into public parkland as well, again in Hurston. Um, the Brisbane Arena is going to be built in the Brisbane city itself, um, down near the Roma Street um, train station. 
Um, Suncorp. Bally, uh, Suncorp. So Brisbane Football Stadium, Suncorp Stadium, the old Lang Park as, as we know it. And then if you, you come across, you can cross those um, the bridges there, William Jolly Bridge and those footbridges, get you across to where the International Broadcast Centre will be, which is just in the West End area, um, which is right near the Convention and Exhibition Centre near South Bank. And, of course, more of the venues um, for the Olympic Games will be the Cultural Forecourt at South Bank as well as South Bank itself. Um, there's going to be, of course, the big redevelopment of the Brisbane Cricket Ground, otherwise known as the Gabba as well. Now, these are all big um, destination venues for hosting the events, but we've also got some areas where there's going to be proposed live sites where the community will be able to gather and there'll be live broadcasting of some of the major Olympic Games events. And that's um, going to be in precincts, including at South Bank Parklands themselves. Um, the River Stage area, which is just near the QUT Gardens Point campus um, um, along the Eagle Street sort of part of the city. And you've got King George Square right in the middle of the CBD where we're going to have some live broadcasting as well. So as you can see from, from that information, there's a massive amount that is in that you know, five kilometre. You know, it's, it's so close in around the CBD and the way that it's set up. I mean, not to mention over near the, the, um, uh, the golf club, the Royal Queensland Golf Club is near where the Athletes Village will be. So that the proximity to the river, and it literally all follows along that city and the river area. Um, and that's why we keep talking about this walking around, crossing bridges and being able to walk everywhere. Because if, it, if there's no cars there, you, you can walk to all of these venues and get access really well. Yes, and um, very unlike a lot of other Olympic Games um, venues or host cities where their precinct uh, for the Olympic Games has been set well outside of the CBD. That is not the case here in Brisbane. Um, the majority of the Olympic Games venues are within five kilometres of the CBD. So this is an Olympic Games like no other um, and the legacy that it will leave because of the infrastructure development over the next 10 years will be significant. And in fact, that is what has led to a lot of community consultation because Brisbane has always been known as a lifestyle destination. And I think that in the redevelopment of our city, um, council have wanted residents, local residents here in Brisbane to have a say. And in 2022, um, council actually carried out a citywide conversation with residents. It was called um, Inner Spark. And the purpose was to generate ideas from the community that is residents as well as um, creative people within the industry to, to get an understanding of what Brisbane um, or how we should develop the city in a way that is sustainable, keeping in mind how we do like to live so that we don't become the concrete jungle that other cities have become. Uh, because for us, you know, the way we live is a very outdoors type of lifestyle because of our climate. So it's keeping in mind the way we like to live and community consultation has been part of the development of, you know, what the city um, is going to, to be. So there was different sort of strategies and pillars that they looked at. Um, and, and there's, you know, obviously, as, as I've mentioned a, um, a few times, this subtropical lifestyle, um, the cultural experience, connecting the places um, through transport and also creating that um, inner city neighbourhood lifestyle as well. So let's break each of these pillars down. First, we're going to talk about Brisbane's subtropical lifestyle. Um, now, you know, an example of you know, what council have done in the past in the redevelopment of South Bank, for example, is the Arbor at South Bank Parklands. If you've been to Brisbane, if you've been to South Bank, you will have walked perhaps through the Arbor where the Bogan Villa 
um, plants are growing um, over and up around architectural features, it does become um, you know, a lovely walk. It shades the area in, in the hot months of summer, but it, it's an architectural feature as well. This is an example of, you know, the subtropical um, lifestyle that council want to continue to implement in any future planning that takes place. Um, so, you know, part of their subtropical lifestyle um, ideas for the future includes delivering new open spaces. So new public open parkland spaces in West End also in Albion and within the Woolloongabba precinct. And this is also to support the growing inner city communities because if we do see um, an increase in the supply of dwellings through higher density redevelopment, it's really important that we're also providing green spaces in nearby locations so people can still enjoy our subtropical outdoor lifestyle. I remember, I mean, years ago, you never saw these sort of buildings that um, they were usually just big concrete buildings that were that were built up. But nowadays, the way that people are, are working and, and they're getting smarter is they're creating these green buildings. Um, so as you as you talked about that walk through South Bank is just certain times of year that is spectacular when all the flowers are out and it's just amazing the color that goes through there. But creating those green buildings in these open spaces, this is what we're talking about with this lifestyle, and this is right at our city. Absolutely. I think another thing that Brisbane um, always fell behind its the bigger cities of Sydney and Melbourne um, when we compare the cities is in our cultural um, offerings. That's changed a lot over recent years. And in fact, Brisbane has become a cultural destination of its own. Um, you know, we've got a lot of um, events that we host as a city every year. Um, and with uh, or through future partnerships um, as a host city, we will continue to attract some major cultural events, sporting events, business events, um, especially now that um, we have secured the Olympic Games. So, you know, this is something that will continue to develop over time. But if we look at some of the cultural events that Brisbane already offers to local residents, we've got the the ECHA, which is, you know, an annual event that a lot of people do look forward to. Yep, the country comes to the city and the city people can see how the country people live. Mm -hmm. um, you've then got Brisbane, Brisbane Festival um, that's held around September. And it usually um, uh, it's completed that with river fire, um, which is the, the whole the riverside just gets completely packed with people. Um, spectacular show. Um, the Air, uh, Air Force and everyone joins in on that one, and we have the helicopters and the jets and everyone flying over as well, as well as a, a huge fireworks event. Yep. Um, we've got a lot of arts festivals that come um, through the city um, and are shown within our art gallery. Um, the Paneri Festival, the Greek Festival. Greek Festival. Yep, yep. That's, that's over. There's the um, Greek Club just over at West End area there, South Bank, um, just near the Musgrave Park, Musgrave Pool, um, and they have a massive festival as well, as, as well as all the comedy galas that we have through here as well. Uh, we've got NADOC Week um, celebrations as well. Um, each year we have a Caxton Street Seafood and Wine Festival um, just in the north near uh, what used to be Lang Park, near the Suncorp Stadium there. Um, and let's not, um, let's not forget Oktoberfest each year. Yeah, those that like a beer, they've got the Oktoberfest, which is held uh, usually at the showground area. They have the um, Oktoberfest and you see a lot of people dressing up in those um, interesting German outfits and, and having a couple of ales. And there's a lot of talk about Brisbane always being a sleepy city, but, um, you know, in this inner city strategy, Council also has plans for certain precincts to become 24-hour economy precincts. 
um, which will enable a greater mix of activities in key inner city locations. So, you know, yes, we are um, a city that shuts down at some point um, overnight, but um, the plan is for some of these precincts to become 24-hour precincts in the future. So as, as we've also touched on here, and, and I know I've mentioned a few times about these walking around, but it's connecting places and people as well. Um, the To be able to do it at ease is probably one of the biggest things um, that, that they look at, is, is making sure that people can actually move around this city um, safely as well and, and, and at ease to be able to get from, from location to location. So we did touch on this um, earlier. We do have a, a network already of city cats and ferries that transport people um, along the Brisbane River itself. Um, there's also going to be a number of river bridges, green bridges that um, connect both sides of the river, which will enable um, commuters um, to get from one side of the other without relying on, on you know, vehicles. We've also got um, the Cross River Rail under development and the Brisbane Metro also under development. So the future direction of the transport strategy here in Brisbane is to create a walkable and connected city so that all of the precincts, especially those precincts that have been identified for use throughout the Olympic Games, they will have that um, that interconnectivity so that people can actually get from one destination to another without actually relying on a vehicle. Yeah, if, again, another little tip for those people coming up. If if you want to have a bit, little bit of a look around, go down and park down at New Farm Park and jump on the city cat and catch the city cat down through the city, jump on and off whenever you like. Um, it takes you right down through to St Lucia to the University. Uh, if you want to get down that way, you could stop on the way at the Regatta Hotel, which is a famous hotel on the way down that way near Tuong. So, it, it look, it, it is about getting better in that movement. We've also already got um, you know existing train uh, network and bus network as well, um, but those improvements will make it a much more um, much easier city to get around. Yes, and I think the big um, pillar, which is creating those inner city neighbourhoods, is the one that will impact us most in relation to the residential property market. So this is where inner city neighbourhoods um, that do not yet exist will be created in the future. So there's a lot of new models that are being proposed at the moment for how residents will live in the inner city in the future. Um, some parts of the inner city, including areas like the Fortitude Valley, Woolloongabba and Milton, um, this will involve unlocking some housing supply um, through the facilitation of greater residential development complementing these existing areas. So that because there's no more land left in these locations, that definitely will um, involve higher density development. And then in other areas, um, it may involve renewing former industrial land and rezoning that into residential land um, areas, including the Kirilpa precinct being West End. Um, this is likely to be happening in that area. And this will allow increased residential building heights to pave the way for more dwelling supply. So this is really important for you to understand, especially if you are looking to to purchase in and around these precincts, there will be some more supply coming off the back of the need to provide more housing for the growing population that we do have. A little bit of that's already happened down in that sort of West End area down along the river where they've um, taken away some of the old industrial areas. They've built a lot of units down in that area. Um, I know that recently, I think it's Visi um, Paper or Visi Cardboard, they've just sold out, they're moving out of there um, and they will, obviously that will be redeveloped. 
You've then got the, I think it's Norco Milk and a few places like that. They're the sort of places that will probably, um, Hanson Concrete, they're the sort of places that will probably start to move out, move to different areas where there's more industrial and that development will happen in those. So the higher density redevelopment um, that, that's proposed um, sits in and around the major educational or institutional destinations of the city. And if we run through some of those regions, we've got um, on the north side, um, the Queensland University of Technology, Kelvin Grove campus. We've also got the Queensland University of Technology campus at Gardens Point, which is right down in the inner city precinct. Um, the University of Queensland, St. Lucia campus um, also sits on the north side of the river. Now that actually connects um, across the river with some uh, foot bridges. Um, across to South Bank, you've got the South Bank TAFE. You've got the PA Hospital and Eco Sciences Precinct um, that sits in the Bogo Road area. You've got the Marta Hospital Precinct, which is just on the south side of the river as well. Um, and then you've got the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital back at Hurston on the north side and um, Griffith University South Bank Campus. These are all major educational um, destinations and these are the employment hubs of the city as well. And therefore it is important that we have easy access both now and in the future from residents in nearby locations. So a lot of this higher density redevelopment will be keeping in mind um, where people need to move to. And that's why the majority of this infrastructure is being built in and around these inner city regions. So our, our transformation, I mean, as you can see, there's a lot we're talking about when we're talking about the transformation to the city and how it's going to change and all that planning with, um, uh, with the transport and everything. The growth areas, I mean, these precincts, these priority areas, Melinda, just touch on some of those. So the Brisbane's um, inner city strategy document prioritises six sustainable growth precincts for the inner city area. The first of those precincts is um, Kurilpa, which is that West End precinct. So the plan here will be to explore the provision of residential um, and employment opportunities for residents, creating public open space, which we talked about earlier, and improving the public realm and new lifestyle and visitor experiences. So there's going to be a lot of transformation in and around that area. The second growth precinct uh, for Brisbane is the city centre itself. Now there's a new city centre master plan that council um, will be uh, putting in place. This will accelerate the process of change that's currently underway within the city. Um, and it will also help to shape the precinct's next exciting chapter. So we talk about what Brisbane's going to look like 10 years from now. Um, there is a city centre master plan that has redefined what Brisbane city will look like in the future. So you can get access to that document by visiting, visiting the Brisbane City Council website. You've got Albion as the third precinct. Um, the plan for Albion is to um, respond to the known challenges because there is some flood risk in Albion. So um, planning needs to be considerate of that flood risk, but they're going to be leveraging opportunities to create world-class precincts within this area. As we know, um, we've got the sporting um, indoor sports complex being constructed there. Um, and it is right on the edge of the inner city. So um, open green space also coming to Albion. Newstead, we've already seen some significant urban um, changes happen in Newstead over the last um, 10 years or so, but there's also a precinct plan for Newstead to build on the already strong lifestyle offering that exists. 
um, and there's some transport investments uh, for the area to explore new opportunities for additional industrial land um, to be redeveloped um, so that it will provide more opportunities for people to live, work and play in the area. Finally, Woolloongabba, we know the Woolloongabba is going to be home to the major um, stadium for the Olympic Games being the opening and closing ceremony. It's also the location that will benefit significantly from the Cross River Rail that is already under construction. Um, Council will work with the Queensland Government um, through the de priority development process already in place to, to significantly redevelop this area. And if you've if you're a local and you've driven through Woolloongabba or if you're from out of state and you, you happen to be driving through, you will already see um, huge changes happening in that location with the construction of the Cross River Rail. Um, but that change will continue to accelerate over the next five to 10 years. Some amazing things and amazing changes for Brisbane. I, you can hear what we, as we start to talk about this, I mean, I think the excitement does build um, for what is actually going to happen to Brisbane and how it's going to change. So. You know, I think if there's anyone looking to get into Brisbane, um, it's a great, great opportunity, great time to get into Brisbane. Um, there's a lot that's going to happen up here and it's very exciting times in front of us. Absolutely. I hope you've enjoyed the unpack of what's likely to happen in the inner city area. And remember, this is something that is important to consider if you're looking to relocate and live um, in a lifestyle city such as Brisbane, but also if you're looking to invest, it's important to understand how transformation of this magnitude is likely to impact um, property demand and and also getting an understanding of where those future supply pockets will be helps us to um, determine the best places to invest. So I hope you've been able to you know get some value out of today's episode. I'm sure some people learned a few things and got a few tips. Um, if if you're unsure, just reach out to the team at Streamline Property Buyers. We're always happy to help and 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 to chat and give you some of that local on the ground knowledge that we have here. Um, that we help our clients um, when they come to look to purchase property with us. So, um, look, thanks very much for that. I will, as usual, I'll let Melinda wrap it up um, and um, close things out. It's been great, great talking, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks very much, and bye for now. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, we'd love for you to share um, the podcast link with friends and family. Hit the subscribe button as well. It will ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes that we create for you. Um, we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.